time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. All right. Thank you, Jennifer, for that great introduction. Hey, listen, I've got a really cool announcement coming here in the Vintage Truth Podcast. Uh, in fact, next week, I'm going to be making an incredibly huge, fun announcement about something that's coming in 2019. So be sure to tune into the podcast next week. Also, if you haven't already joined, um, check out my Facebook page, Jeff Kinley Author Speaker, and um, come join the tribe there, man. We're having a great time over there. And also my monthly newsletter. Go to jeffkinley.com and uh, just sign up for the right-hand column. Sign up for my monthly newsletter. And, um, man, I'd love to uh, get you some information about what's happening and some some great tips for your Christian life, some some things to help you really crush uh, you know, the competition uh, in your life right now and keep you on track for God. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you and to equip you and to cheer you on, to motivate you and to give you good, solid skills, biblical skills to help you in your fight in this life. But yeah, so next week, a really big announcement coming. Also, we're in the midst of uh, a campaign I call the Team 8 campaign, and I'm challenging people to Invest in this podcast ministry $8 a month, just $8 a month. That's it. And that helps keep us uh, on the airwaves, uh, if you will, and uh, helps us to, to uh, continue to have a presence online. You know, some 30 countries, people from 30 countries are tuning in to the Vintage Truth podcast right now. And uh, obviously most of them in the United States, but uh, for $8 a month, you can help us continue this podcast and uh, keep it going strong and even continue to broadcast to reach more people across the world with God's vintage truth. That's all what it's all about, is helping people know Jesus. Hey, listen, uh, we're in the middle of a series here on the sin nature within us and how do we overcome it? How do we understand it? How does it work? You know, there's so much that we could talk about. I'm really condensing a lot here and kind of skipping around a little bit, but hitting the high points here. If you want to know more about really how to slay the living dead within you, Check out my book, The Christian Zombie Killers Handbook. Go to Amazon, order it. Uh, it's a great book. It's it's half zombie novel. If, you, if you're into zombies, man, you're going to love this zombie novel. But the other half is just hardcore theological Bible study truth on how to crush the zombie within you and have a consistent win in your spiritual life. And that's what we're talking about today. In fact, I want to talk about today some of the top strategies that don't work in your struggle against sin, because we try different strategies to try to overcome temptation and sin within us. That part of us that resists God, that runs from God, that rejects God, that doesn't want God to have any part of our life, that part of us, the Bible calls the sin nature, the old man, the, the, the flesh. I call it the zombie within because it's all consuming and it never seems to leave you. And so there are ways that we as Christians try to overcome sin and temptation. And sometimes the reason we, we try these methods is because these are the methods that have been taught to us. I mean, they've just been passed down. Uh, there are methods that uh, in the church that um, perhaps you've, you've heard the pastor talk about, or this is what you feel like, well, this is the way you do it. You know, you've got to do this, right? So what are some of those methods? Well, we have to understand that the sin nature within us is 
the most deceptive entity that you'll ever run into on par with Satan himself. You say, whoa, 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 come on, that's that's hyperbole. That's an overstatement, right? Surely that your old self, the old you, is not as deceptive as Satan. Well, Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can understand it? So God must understand something about us. In fact, Paul even said in, in Romans seven eighteen, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. So there's nothing that can come out of it that's good. But And yet, through that sin nature, we try to overcome sin. We try to use the our own strength, our own sin nature to overcome our sin nature. It just doesn't work that way. So it's deceptive. Now, it'd be fun if we could just delete it or defriend it, right? Or block it. Wouldn't that be cool? But you can't ignore it because it's a part of you. It's with you wherever you go. It promises pleasure, but it delivers pain. It promises freedom, but it only brings slavery. It tells you that you'll have fulfillment, but it only brings emptiness. It doesn't want to be told what to do. It wants to be in charge. So who, that's right, Jeremiah, who can understand it? The answer is no one. Proverbs 28, 26 says this, He who trusts in himself is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom is kept safe. What's the point? Well, the point Solomon was making there is that you can't trust yourself. Don't go with your heart. Don't follow your heart. Don't go with your natural desires. If anything, you have to take the opposite of what you naturally feel and go with that as it relates to sin. So the first thing we have to do in in understanding some of these false strategies and combating the old sin nature is we have to be very authentic and honest with ourselves. We have to be real. No BS here. We can't lie to ourselves. Look, that zombie within, that sin nature within, makes us, makes it all about ourselves. We're the ones that are in charge, right? We always want to know what's in it for me, what's in it for me. It's self-gratification, self-centeredness, self-adoration, self-worship. So what are some strategies that don't work? Well, in the uh, time of Jesus, there were these men known as the Pharisees, and they had their own strategies for overcoming sin in the Jewish community. What did they do? Well, they basically took the word of God and perverted it and misapplied it and then added to it. So what does that mean? Well, they just made up rules. They made up external measurements, external requirements, external laws that were meant to suppress the sin behavior, yes, but also meant to try to, through suppressing and, and curbing that sinful behavior, it was thought that then you could become more righteous. You say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, in Matthew 23, Jesus goes medieval on these guys. And I'm, I'm greatly summarizing for sake of time, but you can read it for yourself in Matthew 23. In verse 2, Jesus basically says, you guys think you're all that, but you're not. Verses 5 through 7, he says, you love attention. Verse 14, you're going to be judged more severely. Verses 22 through 29, he says, you're obsessed with external religion and not biblical spirituality. He tells them back in verses 3 through 4 that you guys are hypocrites. You're fakes. Verse 13, he says, and you're not going to heaven. And then finally he tells us in, in verses 15 through 22, I kind of skipped around a little bit there. 
is that you're focusing on all the wrong things. You're focusing on the external and not the internal. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, it when you focus on rules and you keep the rules, you become cocky, unteachable, think you know it all, you're full of yourself, and even Jesus is not enough for you. You just become more religious. Jesus couldn't stand these guys. The only people he flatly rebuked during his time on the earth that he consistently rebuked were the Pharisees. For this very reason, they focused on external rules and not the heart change that God focuses on. Listen, they believed that religion and rules could slay the zombie within and make them holy and godly. That's what they believed. Guess what? They were wrong. They were wrong. And, you know, Paul says in Colossians chapter 2, one of my favorite passages of Scripture, listen to what he says in, in verses 20 through 23. He says, Since you have died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, why, as if you're still living in the world, under the world's rule, do you submit yourself to decrees like don't handle, don't taste, don't touch? Those are external things. Paul says, which all refer to things destined to perish as you use them in accordance with the commandments and teachings of men. Those external rules are man-made rules. He says, these are matters which have, to be sure, the appearance of wisdom in self-made religion and self-abasement and severe treatment of the body. But listen to this. He says, but are of no value against fleshly indulgence. They have no power to sanctify you. They are powerless against really causing you to be more like Jesus or be more holy or be less sinful. They have no power. That St. Paul wrote back in, in Romans chapter 8. He was talking about the law and the what the law was meant to do. He says this. He says, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law, that's the Old Testament law, the Mosaic law, the external requirements, could not do, weak as it was in the flesh, God did. Sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as an offering for sin, he condemned that sin in the flesh. You see, the purpose of the Old Testament standards that God gave the Israelites were to show them that they are unable to attain even to those those low moral standards. Yeah, the Ten Commandments, they're, they're just basic stuff. They're kindergarten morals. Don't kill each other. Don't steal from each other. Don't lie to each other. It's kindergarten stuff, and we couldn't even do that. And that was God's way of telling us that we have a wicked heart so that our heart needs to be changed. Oh, so just obeying those things can't change my heart. No, they can't. God has to change our hearts. And, oh man, we should have time to develop this. But if you'll read in Galatians 5, basically verses 1 through 4 and then verse 12, this is what we find out. This, this is a strategy, okay, that we try to use to kill the sin within. But Paul says, look, if all you need are rules, I'm summarizing his principles here. If all you need are rules, then you don't need Jesus or the Holy Spirit, or relationship with God. So if you just think that that doing good, being good, following the rules, playing according to the game, if you think that's all you need, you don't need Jesus. 
Secondly, he says, it's children that need more rules. Children need more direction and concrete boundaries, but with maturity comes wisdom and relationship. You see, what drives us as Christians is not duty, but desire and devotion. And the more we grow in Christ, the less we are focusing in on standards and rules and morals and more on the relationship that we have with God because he is the standard. All those things flow from him. So we do or don't do things not based upon it's wrong or it's right, but based upon what does God think? What will please my master? Another principle Paul gives us in that passage is that rule-based Christianity only produces pride and self-righteousness. The most prideful people in the church today are those who are keeping the rules or trying to keep the rules or thinking you should keep the rules and judging you because you don't keep the rules. Another principle, he says, is that keeping the rules is deceptive because it tricks you. Well, why does it trick you? Here's how it tricks you. Because rules can't affect the sin nature. We already saw that in Colossians 3. It has zero power over the zombie. The zombie, watch this now. The zombie is immune to rules. He has an immunity to rules. Rules that bounce off of him, like cotton balls off Superman. Okay? Just doesn't work that way. External rules cannot transform us in on, on the inside. Now, they can curb behavior. And that's sometimes, that that's what some people want, quite frankly. That's all they want is just curb the behavior. Stop doing that. Be this way. You can do that. But your heart. Jesus said to the Pharisees, you're like whitewashed tombs. You're like, you're full of dead men's bones. You guys are going to hell. Even though on the outside you wear a religious costume and you act religious and you parade your your religiosity before other men. But you're going to hell because your heart hasn't been changed. So rules and works impact behavior only. They're outside, they're external. It's pressure from the outside. But relationship impacts the heart. It's an inward transformation. That's what Romans 12, 2 tells us, that we're not to be conformed to the world, but transformed by the renewing of our minds. That's on the inside. So if our sin nature, what I call the zombie, if our sin nature can't control or dominate us through just outward sin and immorality, it will gladly become religious. Why? Because that zombie, that sin nature, wants to feel good about itself through pride and self-accomplishment towards external righteousness. Guess what? Pharisees don't need a Messiah. Only sinners do. So it's only the people who realize, hey, I need help from the inside out, not just guardrails on the edge of the cliff, buffers, you know, warning signs. That's not going to change me. I need to be changed from the inside out. So the real question is, is, is what methods are you using to try to overcome that zombie thing? Are you trying harder? Because that's a big one we use. That's a failed strategy. It doesn't work. Are you recommitting all the time? Why? Aren't you seeing that's not working? That it's just a little temporary thing that just changes the external? It doesn't change your heart. Don't you want your heart to be changed? Are you trying to be more religious, read more Bible, go to more church, do another study, make a rule, 
get rid of certain things in your life. All those things are just external things that have to be motivated from the inside or they don't count. They don't work. It's like saying, I've got a congenital heart disease. Here, rub this cream on your chest. That's not going to do it. So you can't take something in the external and, and expect to transform something on the inside. You see, Jesus wants us to be changed. And he does that organically through, through his power. We're going to talk about next time how that happens and how you can have a consistent win in your spiritual life. But we don't just please God by obeying rules because the rules can't save and the rules can't sanctify. Now, the rules are there. Their standards are based on God's character. But guess what? They can't, By themselves, they can't do anything. They are powerless. Only the Holy Spirit, only God's Spirit can change a heart. So God wants us to, to have a broken heart, to be aware of the depth of sin within us that produces a sense of helplessness, to be honest. I mean, you know, sometimes it's not our badness that keeps us from God, but rather our, quote, righteousness. It's the things we think we're really good at in the Christian life that keep us from really getting close to God and overcoming the sin within. So you can't allow that sin nature within you to deceive you enough into thinking that if you're just good enough, if you just keep the rules, you're okay. No. We need to, as Hebrews 6, 1 tells us, we need to repent from good works. Repent from thinking that those external accomplishments and rules will somehow help us get closer to God. It didn't work in the Old Testament. It didn't work with the Pharisees. It didn't work in the New Testament with the Judaizers. And it doesn't work now. And the only way you and I are going to overcome sin and temptation is not by putting a block on your computer. That's just an external thing. That, but it can't control your mind. It can't control your heart. And basically we are helpless and hopeless in, as, in slavery to sin and self. And if we hold on to that and we try to overcome that on our own, you know what's going to happen? We're going to be defeated. We're going to be frustrated. We're going to be confused. We're going to be discouraged. And ultimately, we're going to want to give up. And what I'm going to share with you in the next podcast is something straight from Scripture that I cannot begin to tell you how many times People have come up to me after this message and said to me, I have never in my life heard this. And I've been in church all my life. I've never been shown from the Bible what God has done for me to help me overcome the sin within. It's a powder keg of truth that you're not going to want to miss on the next Vintage Truth podcast. So I hope you'll stay tuned for that. That'll be coming on this Friday, by the way, be released this Friday. Hey, don't forget, if you want to be a part of my Team 8 Club, <laughs> Team 8, what do you want to call it? It's just $8 a month. It helps us keep this podcast going on the air. 
We need to purchase some more memory online so that we can keep storing these things and so that people have access to them. And next week, like I said, I'm going to be announcing something incredibly exciting that's coming in 2019. You're going to want to be part of it. So let's meet up right here this Friday as we talk more about slaying the living dead within. We're going to crush it. See you then. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com.